Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Hello. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Good to see you. Welcome. Welcome to Vineyard Westside. If you haven't been here before, man, thanks for coming. Um, we're excited to have all of you here in person. We're also excited to have any of you who are online. Thank you for tuning in. Um, we're going to explore a, an interesting topic today, but bef before that we're going to invite our ushers to come down and give an offering. Uh, so if you would pray with me for that, that would be great. God, thank you for uh, just the work that you've done with us and for us and through us. Uh, thank you for using us the way that you have. You know, in the, in the world, we hate to feel used. But in the kingdom of God, we love feeling used. That, that you would take our gifts and you would help us to be able to reach people for your kingdom. Uh, thank you for the way that you blessed us financially. We just give a portion of that back to you so that you can, you can draw more people into your kingdom, that more people would know your love, that more people would know your hope, your forgiveness, your peace, your transforming power. We pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 All right, they're going to pass those things along. And today, uh, what I want to do is I want to talk about a, a character that is not very well known in scripture, but I think he's an important person. His name is Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus. Uh, Bartimaeus is a man who is blind. He's been blind since birth. And Bartimaeus uh, is someone who maybe, usually they wouldn't be a part of the story, but this time he is. Let's look at Mark chapter 10. It says, then they came to Jericho. They is uh, Jesus and his disciples. Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd they were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. Now, Bartimaeus, the one thing right away about this is that he is named in the story. Uh, his name is given. Most people in scripture, if it's a more minor story, they do not get the name shout out. They don't get that. And so this one is a little bit different right away. Uh, maybe this is somebody who Mark recognized, Mark the writer. He recognized that this guy might become important someday. This might be important at some time. And so we need to write down his name. How do you spell that? Bartimaeus. And so Bartimaeus is born blind. Uh, some people would view him, most people honestly would view him as damaged because he's born blind, because he's, he's not 100%, right? He's missing something that's super important. And so one of the things that it would happen even now, but it used to happen a lot more, is that Bartimaeus would have been considered not as valuable as a regular human. As terrible as that sounds, he would be considered not as valuable as a regular human. This is difficult because um, we still do this today. I I'm sure that it was more painful and um, more blatant during this time, but even today, 
Um, you know, my, my nephew uh, named Lincoln is one of my favorite people. He, uh, he is on the autism spectrum, and I would say he's on the severe end. Um, he's 13 years old, and he's nonverbal. Um, we have been praying for him to one day all of a sudden just come up and say, hey, I can talk now. Um, so if you want to join us in prayer for that. Um, but he is someone who society would look at and they would, they would struggle to see him as valuable as other people. They would struggle to see him as valuable. Um, many years ago, not that many years ago, but my nephew would have been called an invalid. 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 Without value. That's what that word means. Without value as a person. And so an invalid would be somebody who doesn't add to society. They're not a, a productive member of society. And this just, it, it, it hurts my heart when I think about it. That my nephew's considered less valid. Where do you get your value from? Where do you get your value from? Um, some of us get it from our parents. If you had good parents that um, just spoke value into you, that you were worth it, that, um, that you know, you can't, you can't be, um, you know, there's, there's young women who they save themselves for marriage because they've been given this value where they're not willing to give up their value when some guy comes along, some random, and wants to, uh, wants to take advantage of her, but she knows her value. She says, no, you're not, this is not a fair trade because I know my value. Some people get their value from people's opinions of them. If you're worried about people's opinions of you all the time, um, I fall into this trap a little bit too often and I hate it that I'm worried about people's opinion of me and so um, that can give me my value if people are uh, if if they're pro Ryan this week or if they're anti Ryan <laughs> yay that temporarily feels great but what about a, a job title for you that gives you value what about a college degree that gives you value. I, I have friends who bring up their college degree every single time we get together every single time every and the higher the level of degree it's like more often <laughs> we get it you did a dissertation what about your material possessions does that give you your value What about the attention of a man or a woman? Like, does that give you your value? I know a lot of people that play that game. What about the things that you don't do? Some of us, we value ourselves based on the things that we don't do. We look at other people and we say, I never waste money like that. That is just, oh my goodness. And so we value that about ourselves. Uh, or. We, value, we see somebody who's asking for help, and maybe even secretly, we say, I never have to ask for help. I never have to do that. I never find myself in that position. And so maybe you, maybe you value that. Um, when I was growing up, I valued the things around me that I saw. And so as a kid, um, I grew up in a trailer. 
and it was $200 a month. And some people grew up in a trailer that was a good one. I had a crappy trailer. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was the lowest of the trailers. And so that was a thing that gave me value, though, that uh, as we would get dropped off at the bus stop, I tried to do everything. I asked the bus driver to secretly drop me off two houses down, like all kinds of stuff. And I'm not kidding. Uh, just to not be seen heading there because all of a sudden, that would be where my value was given from kids on the bus. Further along, verse 47. So it says that Bartimaeus was sitting along the roadside and he was begging. Verse 47, it says, when he heard, now this is important, let's underline in our head, heard. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Now Bartimaeus, he, he couldn't see, but he could hear. He couldn't see, but he could hear. And so uh, the thing that I see from him, that I want to take from him, is uh, that I need to use what I have. That I need to use what I have. If I don't have eyes, I need to use my ears. And that I need to not get so caught up in what I don't have and forget about the stuff that I do have. So caught up in the things that I don't have that... Um, you know what, that, man, if I just had my own place, I would be able to do this. Man, if I just had um, my own car, I'd be able to do this. If I just had a better camera, I'd be able to do this. If I just had a better pair of shoes, I'd be able, if I just had, if I just had a girlfriend, if I just had a boyfriend, if I just had a husband, if I just had a partner, if I just had a baby, if I just had whatever it is, Man, getting caught up in the things that you don't have and forgetting the things that you do have. Bartimaeus could not see, but he could hear. It says when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. Romans chapter 12, it says, we have different gifts according to the grace that's given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. These things cover a massive range and you could be gifted in one. Do you know that you can show mercy to someone that didn't hurt you? Like that you can show mercy to them. They didn't hurt you, but you can be the one who, who offers forgiveness. You can be the one who brings peace and hope and uh, a calm spirit to them because you have some gift in that area. Maybe you have the gift of texting. Maybe you have the gift of sending that perfect animated GIF or GIF, whichever, however you, whatever kind of person you are. Maybe because that is, that is a gift. I get text messages from people and they have no idea that I'm having that kind of day and they send something through and it starts to change something. That's a gift, it's a spiritual gift. It's a spiritual gift that is in the text message realm. You have no idea um, what it could mean to step into your gift and not be jealous of the other ones. 
a lot of times people are jealous of, that I can get up here and do this. You know what I'm jealous of? The people who can sing. I wish I was on the worship team. And it's always like that. But we have to be able to adapt and be able to see um, the incredible things that we have instead of the things that we don't have or the things that we lost. Um, I watched a, a glass blower at one, uh, on YouTube just watching an instructional video on, on blown glass and that he was, uh, he was showing off some of the pieces that he, had, that he had made and how much money they had sold for. And one of them was a blown glass lamp that was all kinds of crazy shapes and it had lights all over it. And it sold for thousands of dollars. And he said, that was supposed to be a vase. <laughs> but I messed it up. I messed it up. And it, it was, it, I worked on it like crazy. And I messed it up, like kind of at the last minute. Then I got mad and I hit it with one of my tools. And then it fell on the ground. <laughs> And then I had to get it up and, and it was just this ridiculous mess, but I said, that's a really cool shape. I bet I could make it into something. And he turned it into a lamp. He said, that one is titled, supposed to be a vase. <laughs> but kind of getting trapped in that, that place of what should be instead of seeing the beauty that is. And that's what Bartimaeus is doing. He's, he's, he's like, I'm not going to get trapped in this blindness and, and let that stop me. Like Jesus is passing by and he, he knows Jesus isn't there to stay and he doesn't want to let the opportunity pass him by. He doesn't want to let the opportunity go. And so don't just let this be another year where nothing ends up being different. Don't let this be another time where nothing ends up being different because you do everything the same. If you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you all, always had. But change is super awkward. Like some of you, you're in a family right now or a relationship or a job where it's like, it's been going this way for so long, I don't know how to change it. It's been going this way for so long, I don't know how to change it because it's awkward, because you don't want to say something that might ruffle a feather. Ruffle a feather. Like, it's going to be awkward. You go in and you say, we need to change some things with our family. And I know we don't normally do this, and we're not going to know how to do it, and we're going to do it wrong a little bit, but we're going to start having dinner together at the table three nights a week. Like, we're going to do something different. And it's, yeah, it's going to be awkward. It's going to be, or you might say, we're not that kind of family. Well, just act like you are. Start traditions. We're, we keep starting new traditions all the time. Some of them we forget, but my son is pretty good about reminding me. He's like, we make lasagna on New Year's Day now. New Year's Day is lasagna. You know why? Because my family always makes freaking cabbage. Is that what they make? Oh. Oh, sauerkraut. Sorry, I forgot which stinky, which stinky item it was. But the, and I, we always get invited over and we're like, none of us will eat that. So we're going to start making lasagna. And we're going to start another tradition. But it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, we're not that kind of family. Well, we're going to start becoming that kind of family. Ephesians 2, it says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance.
for us to do. Um, if you're someone who thinks, yeah, I don't really, uh, I don't really know how to do that. I'm not really skilled. I'm not really good enough. Bullcrap. For we are God's handiwork. You are God's handiwork. And you've been made in the image of God with the incredible gifts that he doles out. And maybe you haven't found it yet. Or maybe you haven't seen them yet, what, what they look like, but you got them in you. In Mark chapter 10, it says, Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more. He shouted all the more. Quiet! Blindy? I don't know what they would have said. But they're yelling at him to be quiet, and it says that he shouted all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. They're yelling, don't pay attention to him. He's just, because they're, they're saying he's less valuable. Don't pay attention to him because he, he's not as valuable as the rest of us. He's not worth your attention. And blind Bartimaeus says, haters going to hate. I'm going to yell all the more. Because you know what? My desire outweighs your discouragement. My desire outweighs your discouragement. I've heard that kind of stuff my entire life, that you're never gonna finish this or that you're never gonna be married, you're never gonna have a, you're never gonna see. <laughs> you're never gonna have a job, you're never, and maybe some of you, you're never gonna finish your degree. You're never going to, and you could say, watch me get my degree. Blind Bartimaeus would say, watch me get it. You're never going to ask her out. Watch us walk down the aisle. You're never going to do this. Why don't you just watch this? You're never going to start your own business. Watch this thing thrive. It says in verse 49, Jesus stopped and he said, call him. And so they called to the blind man. Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. You don't have to have sight to be seen. Uh, a lot of us spend our lives thinking that one day, one day, one day, uh, this is going to happen one day, someday, maybe this day, uh, at some point. And we keep saying that kind of some stuff, and we miss today. Someday versus today. When, when I have this or that, um, or, or that when I, then I'm going to be someone. Then I'll be valuable. You have everything that you need to do what God called you to do today. You have everything that you need. Has Jesus called you to do anything? Has God placed something on your heart? Like we've talked about a holy discontent. Is there a, a certain thing that bothers you for whatever reason? It bothers you more than other things? Like, you know, child trafficking. Is that on your heart? Fostering and adoption, is that on your heart? Married couples and ministering to them so that they have strong marriages. We were just talking about that in the other room right before the service, that that is on some people's hearts. What is it that's on your heart? Do you have a thing that God's calling you to do? Verse 51, it says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind said, Rabbi, I want to see. I want to see. Jesus has that question for you. And 
whenever we be quiet and we listen, that now we end up getting a response. Some of us need to wrestle with this for a minute because really when we actually admit it to ourselves, what we do is we say, hey God, could you, if we finally get to the point of praying, <gasps> we say, hey God, would you be able to help me with that thing? Okay, thanks, bye. What's it look like if you just wrestle with it and you sit there and you get quiet and you listen and you wait for a response? Son of David. This is the national messianic title. The Rabboni means master. Rabboni, Rabboni, Rabbonito. However you want to pronounce it, it means master. Mary at the empty tomb without seeing, she said this word, and it was faith without seeing. It was that expecting him to be there. She didn't know if he was going to be behind it, but she had the faith that uh, her master is there. Verse 52, it says, go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus along the road. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Like a, a runner in, the, in those blocks, you've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, like you're set up, getting ready to sprint. You've seen them with their foot back on the, on the block. And they are, what, what is that feeling like? If any of you have ever raced, it is stomach churning. It is so hard because it feels like an eternity and it feels like you're always doing it wrong. And so a runner's waiting and waiting and waiting there on the blocks and Jesus says, go. And immediately, as soon as he says go, he receives his sight and he follows Jesus along the road. Immediately. You don't have to have sight to be seen. One of my favorite things about Jesus is he made me feel seen that he made me feel like he saw me, that I felt like I wasn't seen for my life. That, and for some of us, that goes in such a bad direction because we, we will try like crazy to be seen. And Jesus saw me. And once you're seen, you'll never be the same. You say, you see me. When you, say, when you recognize that Jesus sees you, what you feel is, you know what, you see me and you look towards me, you know what that means? That means you see me as worth it. You see me as valuable enough to look my direction. The value of an object is, is deemed by the price that somebody's willing to pay for it, right? So uh, sometimes you, you'll go, you'll go and uh, you go up to Speedway and if you're using your Speed of Rewards points, 99 cents for this big bottle of water, but you go somewhere else and you're really thirsty, but this place is asking $3.99, but you're super thirsty. And so you just finally, you cave in and you get it. You're like, man, this is just a 99 cent water, but they're charging $3.99 for it. Now, have you ever gone to a festival, like a music festival or something like that? And they're selling waters for $10 a piece? but you haven't had anything to drink for hours and you're just, you cave and you give $10. This is the same 99 cent water. Now all of a sudden where we are, it's $10. What if your kid was dehydrated 
and they had started to get delirious over it, how much money would you be willing to pay for a bottle of water that came along? You would pay. Most pennies, you know, a penny's worth one cent, but if it's a, if it's a wheat penny, it's worth maybe um, anywhere from five cents to a dollar. Um, if it's a, spe a special wheat penny uh, that they had less of them made, they can be worth a lot. The king of all wheat pennies is the 1909, that's the first year that Lincoln was on a penny, 1909, it's called the SVDB. The, somebody, Van Buren, he's the, he's the guy who, um, designed the coin. Um, regular pennies are worth one cent. Um, this penny I searched for for years when I was obsessed with collecting coins. And many years ago, I got that penny somewhere along the way. And uh, I sold it for $1,800 for that penny. Because I had a really bad condition one where you could barely see anything on it. That particular penny, they only made a few thousand of. There's intrinsic value versus rarity and things like that and what you consider to be valuable on something. In situations, things will change. My son Finley, when he was about three years old, he fell head over feet all the way down a concrete set of stairs and I think he hit his head on every one of them somehow. And uh, he seemed like he was okay at first, but he didn't get any kind of a, a bump on his head, which means it's kind of going in. And he started to act very strange and started throwing up. So we had to rush to a hospital, but we were out in the middle of nowhere. Super fun, we ran out of gas on the highway. Uh, we ran out of gas on the highway, and it w I don't even know if I was in park all the way, but it had gotten bad in the in the, my wife's van where I was super worried about my son and uh, he was getting kind of delirious and his eyes were rolling around and it was very, it was just super scary. Um, I, I have never been able to run any long distance whatsoever. Uh, I ran that night uh, and I didn't stop running and I didn't have a gas can so I had to run to a place I could buy one and get gas. It was about a mile from our van and a mile back and it's the fastest I've ever run. It's the longest I've ever run. It's the least out of breath I've ever been when I got back, like from running. And it was just one of those things where um, the, the value of that running had to change because my son was at stake. Today was just a, a message to say that you are seen by God, that you are seen by him, and that you were worth the price of his own son. When he said, what am I willing to pay? I was like, well, I'm, I'm willing to run for mine, and I can't, I'm, I'm willing to do this. I would have been willing to pay any amount of money for that gas and gas can. Um, You were worth the price of God's son, Jesus, that he looked at you and he said, you know what I'm willing to pay? Like not a dollar for a water, not three ninety nine, not ten dollars, not. 
I'm willing to pay my son. And so what does that say about how valuable you are? He sees gold in you, he sees gold in you, he sees gold in you. And he is hoping that you will see the same gold in yourself. Let's pray. God, thank you for, for giving value to us, assigning value to us, that God, that you have deemed us worthy, that you look in our direction and you say you are worth it, that I would give my own son for you. I pray that you would give us um, that deep knowledge of who we are in Christ, that we would know that we're valued, that we're worthy because we've been made worthy, and that we would be able to look at other people with that same understanding, just that they are worthy. Any of the things that we think are strange or wrong or different that any of us who, who view other people as not as valuable, okay, that we would give that up and recognize that you see all of us as valuable. Thank you, Jesus, for making us extremely valuable. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks. God bless you guys. Hey, I love you. I hope to see you soon. You guys have a good week. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.